the volume. The Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona 18887897777 or visit ccpg.org/chat for Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Virginia 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to the best of the sessions. What we have done is we've combined the best of Tuesday's episode and Thursday's episode, mashed them together to give you a beautiful little audio gift for your ear holes. We have some awesome, awesome guests on this show. Cannot thank people enough for taking the time to, to come hang out with me. Give me a little bit of their time. We give you a little bit of that. We all get to hang out and enjoy it, learn a little bit about each other. Um, so it's really cool to mash these all together and you guys can get those little abbreviated highlights of both of the interviews throughout the week. Also, of course, if you want to listen to the full lengths, you can do that. They all exist. Uh, just make sure to check out all things from the Volume Podcast Network. Like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, all that good stuff. But let's get into it. Here's the best of the sessions. Congratulations on a thousand things. I'm like, oh my God, it's been forever. It has been forever. It's been busy as all hell. Yeah, you guys are like adults, full-blown adults. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's, I know you like, so wait, where are you? You're in Cincinnati now? Yeah, I, I am the queen of the Midwest. I've taken on the honor. I moved back to Texas. Uh, you, if you told me that 10 years ago, I would have punched you in the face. How do you like being in Texas? How different is it? Why did you move back to the Texas? Let's get into that. Living in LA, I just bought a new house and I was like, didn't want to be there anymore. Soon realized I didn't have to be there anymore. It was when I came home for Christmas. Like after Leroy the pug died, I was like, I'm going home for a while. And I honestly never really, I put it on the market from here and went back and packed up and bought a house here. I was like, why am I not just living here? My best friends are here. My parents are here and they're getting older. And like, I reconnected with a guy I dated 20 years ago and now we're together. Like, what? <laughs> I know. It's very weird. It's so but it's so, it's just, I say it's peaceful as though I'm, I mean, I'm fighting with homeowners associations. I've never had one. Oh, I love a good HOA battle. Bring it, bitches. Oh my God. I just went outside. That's why I was uh, two minutes late. I went outside with my camera phone thingy because there's a Jeep sitting there and I'm like, are you taking pictures of my, and I snapped the picture of the license plate and it like took off and Marty just went after them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is going to end badly. I just noticed. <laughs> 
Oh my God. Where we live now, we don't have an HOA. Thank God. Because honestly, like when we lived in Vegas, if our palm trees got like a little bit long, they were on us every fucking time. We're now, we've had our laundry machine sitting outside of our house for about three weeks and no one has said a word about it. That's like, you would think I have like chickens running around the front yard and like cars without wheels. I'm like, I'm trying to add pretty plants. Leave me alone. Let a woman live. <laughs> it's such a different lifestyle though. Like getting out of LA, getting out of New York, not feeling that you have to be bound to one of those cities anymore. What a fucking relief. Yeah, it's weird. I, like I miss the vast array of food delivery options in both both cities. I do miss, I'll always miss New York. And if I had to move back to New York tomorrow, I'd be, I'd be totally okay with it. Um because I, the vibe, I love the vibe, but yeah, it is, it's weird. I thought I would, I would, look, I was never a party person or a super social person. So I don't miss any of that stuff. Like I never really put partook in it in the first place. And this has been just chill. I like knowing that my two best friends are here. And if we want to have wine, they'll, you know, come over and we'll have wine. And it's, I haven't had that. I haven't lived in the same city as them for 22 years. So it's, it's kind of nice. I guess it's like that hindsight is 2020 kind of situation because I feel like that now here in Cincinnati and like Vegas is its own weird little like hustle and bustle that we also never really partook in. But I was like, "Mm, I kind of want to get out of here. This isn't our vibe. It's weird. But now just being in like a regular city, I don't know if it just reminds me of Ontario or like there's a Canadian-ness to it that I like. I've got to go out and do so many things. It's nice to kind of pare it back and just go back to the basic shit. I think that that's exactly why I'm at peace. Because had I not gone and lived my life, I would not be happy. I would be very mean. You'd be trying to claw your way out. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's the, like I did it. I did rat racy stuff. And now I'm just like doing, you know, do what you want. And if you don't want to do it, don't do it. It's like, it's, you know, you're not competing with a bunch of a-holes for, you know, the one job you think exists in the world. It's like, I know. So is his family there? Like how, why Cincinnati? Yeah, so John's from here. His mom's here. His dad's in Dayton. His grandmother's here. So it's really cool that we have our daughter who can like hang out with her great grandmother and her grandmother. And it's a drive to Toronto. So it's, it's so nice. There's parks to walk to. There's like, as much as it can be just like kid friendly. I'm like, oh my God, like living in Vegas is like living in the devil's asshole. Like you just can't breathe. I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't even love it. Like even like the fun parts of it to me, I'm like, "Mm, it's too hot. I don't gamble. I mean, I guess if you want to smoke a cigarette inside, that's a bonus. You <laughs> can always do that. Ooh, big win. Big win. <laughs> big W. So it is really nice to kind of like pare things down and get back to basics and just just live a life. Okay, let's get into this love life situation. A guy you dated 20 years ago, you guys have reconnected and you're back together. How did this happen? Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I went with my friends and... um we ran into him and then we all sort of met up at a bar. And I, I remember we just talked for hours and hours and hours. And I remember texting my two best friends and I was like, am I a dumbass if I hang out with Marty again? And they were just like, no, you know, friends are stupid. Like they're just, yeah, my God, it's okay. But yeah, it has really just been, yeah, there's something to be said for sort of like we were in our twenties. He was an asshole. He cheated, but I was also an idiot because I was 20 and like, I've gone and lived my life and done things. And I just, we're different people and it's lovely. You know, once you kind of relearn each other, like we have to, I don't, you know, I don't know how to fight, to be honest with you. I do. Bring it. Let's go. Well, I'm bad, but I'm bad at it. I go immediately for the jugular (laughs) and then nothing gets done. (laughs) 
So it's like, that's not Oh a my point. God. I know. I'm totally the same. I try to be better at that. Poor John's like, can you just back up for a second? Like, knives are out. Let's go. <laughs> Get into it. Then you realize, like, I don't even remember what the original fight was about. Um, okay, so you guys are together. It's been a, like, he's aged well, I would assume. I mean, you saw him and you were like, let's go Marty. Yeah, it was weird. It was just like no time had passed except for like an entire lifetime had passed. It was one of those things, like, which was weird. Because I'm obviously, I, you know, I, I, I left for a long, long time and like lived a weird, like seven different lives. So I obviously am a, way different than what I was, was just, we were waiters together. Like, nope, that's it. Okay, I, I'm dying because he just chased down me. <laughs> He just chased down the car and got the license plate. Someone has to do it. <laughs> I don't know if this is how you're hey, supposed to do homeowners. Get back here. Just put it on. Do you guys use that neighborhood app? Here's my pet peeve with that. I write this entirely beautifully well-constructed essay about not bitching, right? Like just here's what I've gone through. I want to know if everyone else has gone through because I want to know if it's like an anomaly or if this is the norm for how this business runs itself. And you get like grown people going like, well, <laughs> I just spent. 20 minutes writing this beautiful essay. I can come here for the hearts. We need to have a conversation. Don't let me track you down and ask you if you have had the same. <laughs> I, like, I don't care about the like. I, I need to know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to unionize. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I'm trying to stockpile information here, people. I'm going to go door to door. The flyers. Shit. Yeah, here's a survey. Please fill this out. The irony is it's Texas who claims to be free and blah, blah, blah. And I came from California, which they here think is like communist. And I like never had anyone bother me about my house there for seven years. It's like, ugh. Come on. What have you been up to? What has your time off been like? I mean, you're you're back. You've got your podcast. You're with The Athletic, which is great. And we'll get into that stuff. Before that, though, having this downtime, what was that like for you? What were you doing? Where were you? Because I missed you. And I mean this in a very uncreepy <laughs> way. I feel like I thought about you a lot where I'm like, where is Beetle? <laughs> because you, like, you weren't ever on my Twitter timeline. I never really saw you on Instagram. And I was like, where is Beetle? What has she been up to? And now you're back. Yeah, it was cathartic. Like I, well, originally when I left, I was like, I'm going to travel. So I went to a few places by myself and was like, just, I loved it. I did not realize once you sort of uh, break the seal of traveling by yourself, like overseas or whatnot, there's no going back. I loved it so much. And my intention was to do that for like a while. And then obviously everything sort of shut down and I went back home. Once I sort of removed myself from social media, which I do highly recommend, like it was cleansing because you didn't care. I didn't need to know. I was like, anyone who needs to tell me anything, they'll, they'll just text me. So like, I'm good. And a few days would go by and I didn't miss it. And then weeks. And the next thing I know, I was like, months have gone by and I like, oh crap, that was nice. And so I just sort of, I gardened, which I've done here. Like it's, it turns out I love gardening. Listen, I'm going to be texting you for real, for real. Cause I'm about to take a deep dive. I'm about to. I just was outside pruning tomato plants, you know, as most hot, sexy women do. Uh, and like, it's just, it's very, it's satisfying when you put a seed in the ground and next thing you know, you're eating a tomato. You're like, oh my God, I just, I did this. I like using my hands. I want to get dirty. I want to like, I really want to roll up my sleeves and get into that. So legit, I'm going to be hitting you up. Maybe this is our new show. What do we call gardening with? What's a good, I always go alliteration first. Gardening with the girls. <laughs> no, there you, go. there you go. Boom, done. <laughs> yeah, we're going to garden with the girls. Yeah, you, I, I think you're going to love it. It's so soothing. You just put on like, if you listen to podcasts or music or whatever, I'm just, I spend hours out there, but um, yeah. So I did that. I learned how to knit. I tried to like better myself, but then I realized very early in, I was like, nah, I don't really feel like doing all that. I just kind of want to veg out. And I, I lucked out because I had a very 
what were we calling them back then? Pods, right? Our little pods oh, of yes. people. Our little safety pod. Yeah. Yeah. I had a decent pod. So I didn't really miss like anything. Uh, and, you know, LA was locked down for, I think, before a lot of people and longer than a lot of people. And so it was just, we got used to that. And that was it. And then I didn't intend on having it a whole nother year added on to my, you know, not working, but it sort of worked out that way. <laughs> I was like, okay. Picking up all these hobbies like gardening, knitting. I also picked up a knitting hobby. Did you? What'd you make? Anything? I did um, an infinity scarf. I made a couple hats. <laughs> well, I made an infinity scarf because I didn't know what else to call I just kept it was knitting. a scarf that never <laughs> fucking ended until I sewed the the ends of it together. Um, but I took a class because I was like, I, like, I don't know if this is something that you're into where you just like start a hobby and then you're like, okay, I, I now know how to do that. But like, is it my passion? Okay, never. I have like a whole pile of like knitting needles, every fucking size. Yeah, I bought like $700 worth of yarn and used none of it. I was like, I'm over it. Yep. I got the yarn. I got every needle in every gauge. I got like, um, like a, <laughs> I got like a little container to like organize it all. And it's like buried, buried, buried. Do you start a lot of hobbies and then just like decide that's not for you and move on? I feel like my friends laughingly at one point call me a Roman candle. Cause I'm, I burn so hot when I'm excited about something and then it just fizzles out. So when I do stick with it, like the gardening thing has been probably one of the the staying ones, I get very excited when I love something right away. And I think that goes for everything, whether it be hobbies, food, television show, humans, like you meet someone, you're like, oh my God. And then you're like, I hate that person. So yeah, it's just every single thing I tend to, it's a, I don't know if it has, I don't do astrology, but I feel like maybe it has, it's a very like burn hot and drop quickly. You're like, okay. Okay. So having all this time off social media, picking up these new hobbies, did you have any weird feelings about not being on television in terms of like an identity crisis? Did you ever go through that? I thought I would. So my last stuff was what? The finals of 2019. So I already knew that I wanted to leave during that period. So, but if you told me like maybe at the beginning of those playoffs, perhaps, or maybe mid season that, Hey, you're not going to do TV in a couple years at all. And I would, I would have been like, what, well, who will I be? Like, what does it mean? But I didn't. Like for me doing the NBA at that level, like doing the fun, that was a moment for me and I did it. And I'm like, okay, maybe because I did that, I was very calm and I didn't miss it. I think I just didn't miss, well, there was no drama in my life. Like I went from just sort of some garbage people kind of making crap for everybody else to like no garbage people in my life at all. And that was such a nice, peaceful way to be that I, I maybe that's why I didn't miss it. It was weird. I don't know. I thought I would. I really did think I'd miss it more than I did. When you were doing your show for NBC, what was that experience like for you? It was nice to be wanted, um, you know, but like another network to come along and sort of court you in a way was like, oh, wow, this feels great. And it would have been, I think it would have been a much more pleasant experience. I, I just think, again, I think this happens probably more times than it doesn't. You get too many cooks in the kitchen and somehow that one cook is louder than everybody else, whether it be by title or what have you. And they they kind of just come in and crap all over what was the original vision and idea. They were like, hey, you're going to pick your host. And, and we all, we talked about it. I knew who, and then they went with some dude that like, I, I don't think he and I could have gotten along worse. And I was just sort of like, what happened here? What's the deal? But it was nice. I got to live in New York. You know, I got to do Access Hollywood, which was also a hell of a learning experience. I, it was my first office. I, you know, ESPN has cubicles, so it doesn't matter how big time you are. But like, 
having your own office. And they gave me an assistant, which to this day is one of my closest friends. Oh yeah. I had nothing for her to do. I was like, uh, do you want to just hang out with me and go to dinner? Like I got nothing. There's nothing in my life that needs another person to help me do, but it was good. It was nice to, and it was also nice to leave because sometimes when you leave somewhere that they like, Oh, maybe we, we actually, we probably do want you back. So let's do this. And it, it was good. Overall, it was a good experience. I've learned to like, well, Hey, you don't want to live through life being a bitter asshole because nobody likes that. But more importantly, I've, I'm trying to take like the bigger sum of all these experiences because sometimes I think we focus on like that person who ruined it. And then it's like, no, actually a lot of cool things happened during that period. And I, that's what I'm trying to focus more on these days, which is not always easy. And some days you're like, no, that guy was a motherfucker. Totally. But like, oh, they, they're failures. <laughs> well, great karma. And then, you know, karma. And I still stupidly believe in karma. So we'll see. Oh, I 100% believe in karma. Why does it take so long though? I know. Cause you really want to see that payoff. I want to be around for the payoff. Can I be a fly on the wall for the payoff? That's the thing. I don't want to miss that part. When I was watching you, you know, when you left ESPN, you were over at NBC uh, and you were doing the crossover. Um, to me, that seemed like it was just like the dream job. I was like, Beetle is fucking doing it. <laughs> like, that's what I wanted to do. What are some things that you would have done differently or an instance of doing a show like that to just like rebuild a show like that around a woman covering sports, adding in some entertainment to make it work? Because a lot of times, they get fucking canceled. Why? Why, why, why? I, and I can be honest enough to say, like, it wasn't the best show on TV, but it sure as hell wasn't the worst show on TV. And I do think a lot of times, um, and it's not to say that men in power are always going to pick other men, but for the 99% of our lives, everyone that's in charge of picking shows and making television, they're men, right? And so if, if it's between me, the loud, obnoxious chick that always has an opinion on everything, and this guy who's like schmoozy McSchmooze schmooze and like, I'm going to lose, I'm going to always lose that battle. And I never was good at that. I never played the game probably the way you're supposed to, to extend your career as long as possible. Like even now on sort of the national scale, if you look at like, whether it be late night, whatever, it's predominantly still men. And I don't know if that's because there's this weird, dumb idea that like men are funnier. No, there are funnier women, there are funnier men. It doesn't matter. It's just a very weird thing. I think I would have stuck to my, I mean, look, I only stuck to my guns as much as I could. It'd be nice to sort of find ourselves in a situation with more women from the top down so we could sort of work together and do what we want to do. But it's a very slow moving process. It feels like disheartening when like, whether it was, you know, your show going through that to like seeing Chelsea Handler doing her show to the people that have stepped in after her and like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work to like this knee jerk reaction to, oh, this thing isn't the exact thing right away. Instead of like, let some shit marinate, let something become great. Like you can't assume the first season of something is going to be great when you're trying something new, giving somebody a new opportunity for like that person to even figure out for the host to figure out their role now in that world. And it, it sucks because now there's almost like this insane pressure of like, if you are, you know, man or woman, you get in that spot. It's like, well, you better fucking hope everyone likes every little bit of this show immediately or it's going to get yanked. And now it's this failure. And it's so annoying. When we started Sports Nation, it was a vehicle for Colin Cowherd and it was a bunch of us degenerate sort of fate, like stepped in and put us all together. 
Now, if we had gone by the normal rules of what makes a show, what does it, that show would have been canceled. Like it would have been canceled in the first three months. We were doing dumb stuff. Our theory was like, just try everything once. Maybe it works. Maybe who knows? We don't know. That's the whole point. Right. And they did. It it was weird because at that time, and I do think that there was a, (laughs) I won't say better, but it, it was a better, it was a better regime in place at the time that was sort of letting people breathe a little bit more. Um, I don't feel like at that time, that sort of cutthroat, everyone's losing their jobs every other week vibe was over everybody still. Cause that's, that's a huge part of it. Now there are very few jobs. There are very, so many cutbacks. And like, you know, that if you make one misstep, maybe you're out and then what are you going to go do? There aren't a ton of jobs available. So I get the panic vibe, but you're right. Like the reason I always point to TNT and I think we all know this, that's the, the NBA show. It's the greatest thing on television. I don't care what anybody says about any studio show anywhere. And that's because they have freedom to just be themselves. And they've been allowed to marinate for what, two decades? No one's bothering them. And then if they are bothering them, the people in the back are sticking up for them and letting them do their thing while they deal with the garbage in the back. And that's a tough thing to find too. I'm sure there's been a million people trying to put you in a box your entire career. What are some of the instances of people either telling you to have less opinions or do X, Y, or Z to try to make you the broadcaster that they wanted you to be? To my face, it has not happened, really, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I should say <laughs> That's that. That's nice. To, be, to think it hasn't happened, but I'm sure it has. Um, I think when I blasted the NFL, which was funny to me because I had been vocal against the NFL like my whole, for a long, long time, you know, dating back for a while because they've done enough stuff to piss people off. And for some reason, the one morning I'm like, I'm not watching, I'm not going to watch ever again. That, that was the one that stuck. I, it was weird because I had already not been watching at that point for an entire season. But again, I don't regret it. Like, A, it's stupid. Who gives a shit if some 40-something-year-old chick's not going to watch football? What does that matter? But because of the like sort of incestual relationship between networks and leagues and what have you, it's funny what will be the thing that pisses people off. Like, I didn't think that would be the thing that would piss people off, to be honest with you. But yeah, I think for the most part, people who have hired me, hired me knowing what was coming. Not at the beginning, because at the beginning, I didn't even know what I was doing. But like, since then, I think you, you either are going to hire me because you want to, or you're, you're going to stay away. There's no in between. It's a funny thing because I feel like obviously men have far more leeway with uh, being able to talk a little shit, be opinionated, get into arguments, whether it's with players, with whatever. Can you imagine physically threatening a player on national television and not only not being punished, being glorified and rewarded repeatedly? I, I, it's nuts. It is crazy. But, you know, I will say, I mean, you know, from... Me being in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and seeing Michelle Beadle doing Sports Nation, and I was like, oh my God, that's what I want to do. This is great. I know. I wanted you to come and like we do some dumb thing together. <laughs> I know. I was like, Let's do something stupid. I know. And then I thought there was maybe going to be a moment that you were going to join WWE. Were there ever conversations about that happening? I had talked to like uh, a couple people. Just sort of like casually. I mean, I don't think anything ever was formal. It was just sort of like an gauging an interest type thing. I've always said, I'll do it once. If I don't want to do it again, I won't do it again. That's all I know. So I was always open to any of it. I mean, to this day, I like, I feel like I'm starting my career over again. It's like, I'm open to pretty much anything. You know, I don't want to interview the Kardashians. Other than that, I'm pretty open to like whatever it is you want me to do. So yeah, it was like, but very cash, like nothing that I think ever really probably would have turned into anything. 
as I was like sitting down, like getting ready for this interview and like rattling off the million different jobs you have held from like travel channel, discovery, obviously covering sports to like bull riding, like you have done everything. What is, what's something that you would love to go back and revisit? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I would, the funny thing about the travel channel show is if you say I worked for the travel channel, you're like, Oh my God, where did you go? Like, and, and I did not It was like their one and only sort of attempt at a dating show. We, we shot it all in Miami, which was my one year of living there. And that was interesting, but I would love to do something for one of the discovery channels again, because I think what they do these days has, is so interesting. Like I like the idea of traveling. The thing that's taken place of we all have our late night show dreams is now we all have our like Anthony Bourdain-esque type show dreams. It's like, I like very- food. I like to travel. Let me fucking go. I'll do I it. Know, right? I love asking questions. I like learning things. I love food. I like, yeah. So for me, it's a no brainer. And that seems to be sort of the network of television channels that specializes in that world. So yeah, I feel like I'd want to go back and do that. Do I want to do another dating show? I No, absolutely. I do not. Unless I do wish... I watch all these garbage shows, right? Like Temptation Island and Love Island or whatever. And it's, you know, this beautiful. Have you been watching Love is Blind and oh, yeah. um, The and Ultimatum? Ultimatum? Dead. Ultimatum killed me. I was Fuck, like, what am I me watching? Up. I know, I know. Oh, and what are Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey? What are you, what's happening right now? Who are y'all? <laughs> and so I, I think <laughs> I want so some great. of those shows to come exist, but I want it to be people like, my age bracket, like, you know, maybe they've been divorced or whatever, or maybe they never got married. That to me would be so fascinating to watch. Why does that not already exist? I mean, I don't need to see a 22 year old being like, I'm getting married now and you've got to Thank give you. me kids now. It's like, hey, you need to calm down. First <laughs> of all, like, shut all of your holes, <laughs> shut them all up. You know, at least with the Island ones that everyone looks amazing in a bikini. fine, whatever. I get the sex sells part of it. But we also, I think those of us that watch that stuff, I don't, I'm not watching for bodies. I'm watching because of the dumb shit that I these see people the crazy. say. Yeah, I get invested in like, yeah. how dumb are you? Yeah. So people in like 30s, 40s, 50s, oh my God, I would watch that in a second. I think that's a great idea. People that have like already been burned by previous relationships. They've gone through a nasty divorce. They've got like piles and piles of child support. Let's get into that show. You're going to have that cheesy guy who thinks he's smooth, but now you got a bunch of cynical women. They're like, <laughs> bro, step away. I couldn't imagine if I was not with John and had to like date someone else and like learn somebody else. I'm like, oh my God, I'm used to all of his bullshit and his quirks. Like, I don't want to learn somebody else's. No, that's the biggest, like my best friends, one's been married for 20 something years. The other one, I think maybe 10, but that's her big, the one with the 20 something is like, if he dies, I'll never date again. And I'm always like, stop. First of all, you don't know that. You can't say that. I mean, and she'll be like, no, can you imagine exactly that? Like, I have to like relearn something and like laugh at stupid. I'm like, no, you don't have to do any of those things. But it would be kind of funny to watch. I want to watch that show. I want someone to make that show. So you're back in the podcast world. What did I miss? Which what a great I love this. Um, what did you miss? Well, I didn't watch sports for a big chunk of it. Just purposely like stayed away. Well, A, because NBA was my favorite. And then that next following season was the bubble. And I, to me, that never counted. That was just might as well not have the season. And so I just sort of stayed away, which was kind of cool to do. You realize like without watching sports as much as I think we do these days, like all of a sudden my conversations were different. I was just like, oh, I'm not even, I don't even know what's happening in the world right now. Eventually it hit me 
that I was like, I kind of miss talking about some of this, like whether it be the dumb stuff that these guys do, like Ben Simmons is a, such a stupidly ridiculous topic or like some of the serious stuff like Deshaun Watson. Like I did miss having a room to talk into like that. That was, but that didn't come along until, I mean, maybe a year ago. That's when I was like, you know, maybe I could go back to work. It sounds like it's probably a good time, but that was it. And I, I miss sort of the camaraderie you have when you have like a regular job and you've got the people you love working with and you see them every day or whatever. And I did miss that a little bit too. Cause I just, my, I only had my bubble. I was like, Oh, these are, I'm sick of y'all's faces. I know it's funny. Cause even like, I mean, with me doing this show, I do a serious show. I do a thing with NHL network. I don't hang out with any of these people in real life. I've only met a few of them in real life. Otherwise it's like, you're a person on my zoom chat and we get to hang out. Yeah, I know. I, I do miss that. Like going in, seeing people, being able to like bullshit in real life. I miss, I miss that aspect so, so much. Or even just having, like, I, I was thinking about the other day, I have these tickets, right? To like new kids on the block, but my two friends here are going to be out of town. In the old days, you'd be like, cool, I'll just invite a couple of the kids from work and da, da, da. And I was like, I don't have any people from work. <laughs> Nobody lives here. And it's such, that was when you realize like, well, it's just, it's very, uh, it's very different. I don't, it's a mixed bag because on the one hand, it's kind of nice not having to go to an office every day. But then on, in moments like that, you're like, it, the social part of that was nice. Like I miss that a little bit. I know. Same. As much as I love to be a recluse sometimes, I'm like, but on my own terms, can I hang out sometimes? Exactly. Like I'll hang out the days I want to. Hang yeah. Out. Otherwise, kick rocks. <laughs> um, what makes a podcast work? Everybody has a podcast. Everyone's got a space for it. Are there ones that you listen to or things that you like, what do you think about before you go in to do one of your shows? The podcast that I listen to most, um, especially before doing any of this, I, I always listen to a lot of the, like the history ones, like the American history or, you know, they're like four or five parters where you learn things or like business wars where you learn about Levi's versus guests. I, I don't know why I I'm fascinated by like origin stories, I guess. And so those obviously aren't podcasts that any of us are doing. We're doing like personality, conversation-driven podcasts. And I, I was like, I don't think I've listened to a ton of those. So I started to go in there. You know, I have a couple of friends, uh, Zach Harper and Amin Al-Hassan. They do like this movie one, Cinephobe, and it's ridiculous. And they're both so dumb and funny and lovely. And I liked that. Um, this is what I won't do. And I, I learned this. I can't do like the three hour podcast. Fuck no. I, I, can't. I actually think those should be illegal. I don't know who's even who's lit. I mean, I understand people are listening to these three hour long podcasts, but like, no. Yeah. The three hour podcast is a, uh, it's a special breed of person that can a do that or B wants to do that. I won't do those. I like the like sort of short, sweet, funny. Wait, what, I was listening to one the other day. I didn't even know who this person was. And I was like, oh, they had like a fun personality. But I basically am that person that goes on like Spotify or Wondery and I'll be like, oh, listen and just sort of explore, which is weird because I listen to a lot of sports talk. Like that's my probably the thing I listen to the most, whether it be in the car, or gardening, <laughs> what have you. And so that's the thing. I don't know what makes any of this stuff. I have no idea. I suppose much like any other sort of media consumption, it's like, well, do you like the people that are delivering it? I think that's important. And then if it's not that or plus that, is the content, but it's just a, it's a bizarre, you're right. We all have one of these. Like, it's a very funny thing. I know. Well, even when you and I were talking, I was like, I want you to come on and do my podcast. And you're like, yes. And you must do mine. <laughs> that's like, that's how the yes. conversations are. It's like, yes, of course. That's, that's how it works. We it's all so do each funny. other's shows. I like, I know. And then you tell me like, you tell me, you know, Hey, 
Joe Rogan's podcast is the biggest podcast in America. And so I have listened to it for five minutes. I'm like, it ain't for me. That's not for me. I know. But I can't explain why everyone loves it. Like, I don't know. Also, can I just have, like, I just want that payday, please, Holy for shit. the love of God. I'll take a half of that payday. I'll take, uh, yeah, give me a fraction of that. And I'm still like, I'm happy. I'm good. Because let's be honest, it's wasted on Joe Rogan. His fashion set, come on. I know. We could do so much better with that money. I know. Let us try. <laughs> There's a lot of rich people that end up in very interesting situations. You're like, really? Like Elon Musk buying Twitter? Like that's what you're spending your money on? I, if I have 44 extra billion dollars sitting around, guess who's not buying Twitter? Yeah, I guess, guess who's going Twitter. to Mars instead? What? Well, I guess right? he's doing that anyways. But Oh, yeah. I'm going to do some petty stuff and then I'm going to do some <laughs> cool stuff. Like that's that's what I'm going to do. But I, I, although I guess you could put buying Twitter under petty maybe for him. Maybe he's more like us than we know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's more to the Twitter game. I hope he adds the edit button. That's all I can say. Please, for the love of God. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I don't get it. It's not for me. Football fans, check out the Three and Out podcast with John Middlecoff, only on the Volume Podcast Network. John brings his unique perspective as an ex-NFL scout to the volume to break down all the news around the NFL and college football. Whether you're looking for game predictions, coaching searches, the ins and outs of the NFL front office, even an occasional golf tip, John has you covered. Download 3 and Out with John Middlecoff, only on the Volume Podcast Network. So I've actually been on... Um, I'm on like a sports movies kick right now. Um, and what started this was the other day we had um, on my Sirius XM show, we had Michael Bisping on the show and he just had a documentary come out about his life called Bisping. It's awesome. I really, really loved it. But it's one of those things I remember um, our producer was like, oh, you guys got to make sure you check out the documentary before we have him on, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, as you do, and especially in like mom life, I'm like up to my eyeballs and like, what am I doing? What do I have to do? And then it was like in the morning, 7 a.m. And we don't do the show until two. And I was like, oh, crap, I got to watch this Michael Bisping documentary. Put it on and like it pumped me up. I love a good sports documentary about like you think of the things that that guy had to overcome, like coming out of like a bit of a rougher part of Manchester, losing an eye, getting back into fighting, dealing with knockouts, different concussions, things like that. I mean, the guy just has such an interesting story. And there's just something about a Brit that swears a ton that I am just drawn to that I love. It's so great. But during the documentary, he talks about when he finally was like, I got to retire. This is crazy. And he watched um, this movie called The Journeyman, um, which you can't get here. It was only it was like a UK release and you can't find it here because I was trying yesterday to get it to watch it and couldn't. But I ended up watching the Tony Hawk documentary. Have you seen that? I listened to his podcast with Mark Merrin. I have not yet watched it. But so if you want to go back. So now if you want to go back and listen to Mark Merrin, have this really cool interview with him about the doc, you'll you'll get a different perspective. So now it's like leading into it. It's like, I, I got to watch it. I love Tony Hawk. As a kid, I was really not a skater. I wasn't really into skate culture. I had no. a bunch of homies that skated. See, I, I've always appreciated skate culture. I always thought that it was really cool. But it's just like, I'm not from Southern California. It wasn't. I, I grew up in hockey culture. That's what I grew up around. Hockey culture and anything to do with that, whether it's roller hockey, street hockey, anything hockey related, I'm in. But I've always been fascinated by skate culture. I love the style. I love the wardrobe. I love the music. I love that whole vibe. So I, I, I have been 
drawn to it to a degree. Which is why I kind of wish that I grew up in California so that way I can have a different... First off, I wouldn't have this accent, this charming, charming accent. Be a bit more of a bro. But I, I was like... Uh, yeah, bro. Give me dickies, bro. But you know Let me what? wear the dickies. He makes a case for some fucking dickies. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's funny. I was watching it and it, it took me back to like think like watching. I mean, obviously, like the generation is different, but that like dickies, just like a, a white tank top, like that super, super simple look. And I remember when Avril Lavigne used to rock that. And I'm like, oh, my God, this looks so cool. It's so simple. It's not trying too hard. So, like, I don't know. I might go buy some Dickies. Do you want to do it? Should we do it? I'm down to do this. I'm down to do it, too. You know who used to wear Dickies in his youth? And we had a whole podcast about it. Uh, Rocky Romero told me uh, growing up. I can see Rocky crushing some Dickies. He he was a SoCal kid growing up, California. And he would iron them and starch the hell out of them to keep them real stiff. And whatever, and he would wear the matching shirt, and it would be like two sizes too big. Ah, uh, what a look! So, do we want to do Dickies? Let's go on a deep dive after this. Um, I just got a really great pair of um, all white chucks with a platform. I've been loving them. As you know, how I waffle back and forth on the sneaker look. This is my sneaker because it's not like it's just it's more of my vibe. I can't get listen. This could be a whole other episode about why I cannot get into other sneakers and sneaker doesn't work for me. But the Chuck Taylors, I can do that with like a Dickie with a cute little T-shirt. I'm in. You know, it's a cool sports movie that I think you should check out. I don't know if you've ever seen it, right? It's called Gladiator. It stars Cuba Gooding Jr. Okay. It's in the 90s. I think it's like either 91 or 92. It's a boxing movie. So, and it stars Brian Dennehy as the, the, the main bad guy, right? But it's like this underground boxing fight club where he uses teenagers and 20 somethings and it's like this illegal betting ring. It is so good. And there's this plot where it's like this, this Irish white kid and then he befriends Cuba Gooding Jr. They become friends. Some shenanigans happen. Both want out. One wants to become a pro boxer. The other just did it because his father got into some, some craziness, and then like they both have to square off against Brian Dennehy, and how they get there is super interesting. It stars a very young and shredded Cuba Gooding Jr. What is Cuba Gooding Jr. up to these days? I feel like I've not seen him anything in a while. I know he did Snow Dogs a few years ago, that Disney classic that oh, you can watch on Disney, Disney Plus. <laughs> but um, after you win an Oscar, what else do you need to do? Okay, let's do like a top five ranking of like sports movies. And this is just off the top of my head. I've not prepared this list. Have you seen Southpaw? Yes. Yes, I did. That one's a tearjerker. I remember John and I watching that and it was like, oh my God. Ooh, we, yeah, we, we've actually not rewatched that because I feel like that one rattled John. Do you ever watch Moneyball? That was the one about the athletics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Moneyball was great. It's my favorite Brad Pitt movie. Your favorite Brad Pitt movie? That's bold. I do like Interview with a Vampire because, I mean, how can you not? But I just like the way he played Billy Bean. Now, I don't know if that's how Billy Bean was in real life. I don't know. Full transparency, not really the biggest sports guy. I sit and watch some Yankees baseball and a couple other things, but I, I, I'm not going to X's and O this shit. But I'll sit and watch a good sports movie any damn day of the week. See, that's where I am too, though, because it, like as much as I'm not X's and O's, and this is where I always kind of come back to on sports anyways, because, you know, as much as, am I someone that like feels the need to like watch every single game and like really get in on like, you know, that aspect of the sport? 
not as much, but it's like, it's the human aspect side of things. I love the idea. And this kind of applies to anything. People being good at things fascinates me or people not being good at things and still overcoming that and finding a way to get like their love of a game and honing a skill on something or having the odds stacked against them. I mean, those are real life stories of people doing things like that. And it's like that human aspect will always draw me into sports. You know, even with like this show of like having conversations with people, like I don't ever know if it's like boring to people when I'm like, I want to know people's story of like how they got into something what their obstacles were, how they had to like overcome certain things. Like I've always found that to be so fascinating. So that, yeah, I mean, on sports movies with that, like I, anytime I watch them, I'm like, I got it. I'm going to go to the gym. I can like run an extra mile. Like it pumps me up so much. If we want to do our, our top five, right? Me and you will pick them together. What's number five? What are we doing? So like, I'm just going to like throw some out to you and you tell me where you think they should land and you can throw some to me too. The wrestler, of course is fantastic. What a piece of work. So I was just going to say so good. Piece Such of good. work that movie is. It's our, and Claudio's Beautiful. in it, so that's good. It's so good. Where's Claudio in it? He's got like a little cameo when they do the ROH thing. I know. I remember seeing like, I've seen, seen like Truth in it. I don't remember seeing Claudio in it. You could see them in the background. Like he's not really in it. Like you just see like the back oh, of his head. Okay. Like, like, but he's there. Yeah. Um, wrestler, obviously fantastic. God, I mean, when there's like football ones, like there's just, they're so. Rudy could be at number four. What about Brian's song? I've not seen Brian's song. Well, prepare to get the tears because James Caan and the very handsome Billy D. Williams will make you cry. I love that you like have the cast out. What's I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Brian's song is it is it is a classic. I love you, Brian Piccolo. You will cry when you see it is. It is very good. Brian's song is very good. You know what I'm going to add into this list is I, Tanya. That's such a good one. I, Tanya is fucking great. It's like dirty and gritty. I also love Margot Robbie so much. I think she's so great. Um, but yeah, you think of like, because, uh, you know, you think of like sports movies. There's so many of like the old classic ones. You know, you want to talk talk uh, Major League, Rudy being one of them. Um, you know, any, oh shit, any given Sunday. God. That's a good one too. Jerry Maguire, Varsity Blues is good. How about Love and Basketball? I love Omar Epps. How can you not? I it's love so that good. movie. White Man Can't Jump. White Man Can't Jump is one that I would honestly have to like go back to watch again. I've not seen it in such a long time. Oh, you know what I you know what I want to add in is Warrior. Absolutely. Warrior is so good. Let's do one more. Do we want to do because obviously it's easy. You could say we can either pick Slapshot. We can do Rocky. I would go. I would say Rocky over Slapshot. I love Slapshot, but Rocky makes me feel a certain way. Slapshot's like good and fun and I enjoy the movie. Well, which Rocky, though? I say Rocky one. I say Rocky one, too, because to me, that's art. The rest of them become a superhero film. Okay. I, I mean, I, I can, I can get on board with that, but I would, I, I think Rocky is, uh, it's so great. Yeah. And, and here's an honorable mention just for the kids. If you want to watch these movies with the kids, watch Bend It Like Beckham. It's oh, cute. you know what? I've actually never seen that movie. And I know that that one's God, I have like a whole list up in front of me right now. And my brain is like, shit, there's so many to get into. 
There's so many. It's because it's so it's so subjective because you remember what you like and where you were at a specific time. Yeah, and there's ones that just like fall in like other categories as well, where it's like, I mean, like like love and basketball, where it's like, okay, well, it's like, you know, it's still like it's a romantic drama. There has these other elements. Honestly, I fucking loved King Richard. I thought it was amazing. Foxcatchers, that's Fox badass catcher? too. Dude, there's so Fox many really good just sports films. I, I I don't know if you could do for us. Our top fives would probably be very different, but million dollar baby. Oh, what a sad ending to that film, too. I know. Good God. All right. I'm I'm I, I want to like print off this list. I'm going to. Yeah. John and I are about to go watch. A bunch I'm t- of start with Brian's song, though, and, and Gladiator. I start will. with those, too, because I, I would that. love your opinion on those. Yeah, I think you would like those. Well, hey, we tied things back to sports here on the Volume Podcast Network, where we talk about sports. And sometimes we talk about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and pooping in beds. It all comes together full circle. I don't know if it's full circle, but it's all in one one sweet spot here called the sessions. Uh, you want to do some quick wrestling, what you're liking, what you're what you're watching? Things that I am liking right now. Um, I think the Owen Hart Foundation tournament so far has been really great. Who didn't love them some uh, Dax versus Cash? I mean, to see those guys go in and have that singles match uh, was really, really cool. I I love the conversations that people are having about that because it can be one of those polarizing things. It's that traditional style of wrestling. Whether people love it or they hate it, they want to see the flips. They want to see the jumps. They want to see all those spots. Um, I I love that they stuck true to what they wanted to do. And uh, I know Dustin Rhodes was one of the guys that jumped on that. We've got him coming up on the show very soon too. I'm very excited to talk to him. I love me some Dustin Rhodes. Um, Their whole thing is no flips. Just fists. That's their thing. I think that match was great. I like the homages to certain Brett and Owen spots. I thought that was very, very cool. But I love yes. FTR yeah. just because they're my favorite type of wrestlers. They're artists. They're beautiful artists is what they are. I'm a bump and feed brother. So give me all that. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I like right now is that the Good Brothers returned to New Japan. Yes. Oh, my God. How about the Bullet Club stuff just lighting a fire? People were losing their minds. They returned to Fukuoka and they did Dantaku, which is one of New Japan's big events. And during Evil vs. Tamatanga after the end of the match, Carl Anderson and the big LG come in and they, they cause all this wreck. And now they're back and Carl is challenging Tama for the Never Open Weight Championship the 12th of June at Dominion. I love that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, this Forbidden Door pay-per-view as well that's happening between AEW and New Japan. I think that's going to be real, real nice and real, real cool. I think I need to be there. I, I'll probably be there as well. So let's go and we can hang out and have a time. Let's go and let's go and have a little hang and do a thing. Um, what else am I liking right now? How about the TNT Championship switching hands again, going back to Scorpio Sky? What a way to really do the traditional double turn and have now Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page as baby faces and, and Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara as your, your heels. Isn't it crazy that a person's relationship is the thing that causes them to boo the person? Isn't that strange? Yes and no. It's like you see both of them out there. You see Tay and Sammy. They're kissing. They're making out. They're all over each other's social media. I love you. 
I love you more and blah, 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 blah. And it's like so over the top. And as much as, you know, some people want to like celebrate things like that, it's also like, okay, can we just shut it down a little bit? Let's tone it down a notch. Um, But I mean, damn, Sammy Guevara um, as a professional wrestler, that dude just, he's, he's amazing. He's really fun to watch. And in a ladder match, like, holy shit, they, they really like, they leave no stone unturned when they go out there. And I mean, ladder matches, they really do scare me. Um, anytime that we would do TLC with WWE and like calling those matches, watching those matches, I was, I would always sit next to Booker T when we were doing the kickoff panels so that I could just like gauge from him if everyone was okay. And there's certain spots, you know, hurt, hurt, hurt. But then there's other things that, you know, I've, I've not, I don't take bumps. I don't always know what hurts. So I would like always watch Booker T and like get his reaction to, to what was happening. But uh, yeah, ladder matches always freak me out. They are just there. It's that unknown element. And I always think of that Joey Mercury moment of him getting the ladder in the face and like his face just exploded. Um, That's horrifying. You would always know when Booker loved the spot because he would yell out Shucky Ducky <laughs> quack quack. Yeah. Uh, I, I love it. I, I always love working with Booker. He's such a, he's funny. Oh, book. Um, what else is happening? What are we missing? I, I, before we jumped on here, you were really putting over impact. You are really in impact right now. Oh, speaking of that, I just want to give like a quick nod to um, also you guys can go back and listen to uh, the episode with W. Morsey because it seems he's going to be on uh, Dynamite. Perfect timing. Perfect Let's timing go. for the session. Let's go. Who could have planned that out? You know, right? um, I think impact is probably one of the best produced wrestling shows that nobody watches. Can we talk about the X division match on their last pay-per-view that they just had? Because it fucking blew my mind. I don't, and to be completely honest, I don't, I don't watch, I don't watch everything all the time. So it's like, do I catch it? Am I, John and I were at home. I was like, you know what? This is on, let's watch it. And it, we turned it on as the X division match was going on. And it was just like, holy shit. I don't know what it was. If it was like, if you would call it kind of a moonsault from the second rope out of the ring. What? That blew my mind. I've always loved their X division professional wrestling. So you're not getting, um, it's it, it, even when Joe was wrestling in the X division, the X division is not specifically, or it, maybe it wasn't, maybe it is now tailored to cruiser weights of the traditional sense. But what you're getting is some really crazy moves that are well put together. Now, some people might not like spotty McSpot spots, but if you're into high flying, then you're going to love Trey Miguel versus Mike Bailey and Ace Austin. It's one of the matches that I think you should go back and you should watch. Trey Miguel has completely transformed himself as a professional wrestler. Once MSK went to NXT, he really became and focused on becoming a singles competitor and really came into his own as a singles competitor. And guys like him, Chris Bay, Ace Austin, Mike Bailey, really shaped that X division. And you have some really unique matches and some some really dope pieces where you can plug in and have some really cool stuff. I think Tasha Steeles is a great women's champion. Also, great promo. Fantastic promo. I was watching her and I was like, man, she's like, she's just confident. She's sharp. Um, I, I really, yeah, I really enjoy her promos a lot. She rolls the okay. She does it very good. I can't yeah. do it. Like she knows how to do it. Okay. Yeah. I, I think she's fantastic. She's also a great worker. I became a, a fan of hers as well. I've not, I've not watched too, too much of it, but when I caught her promo, I was like, oh, she's really, she's got something pretty cool there. 
And my favorite match of that entire Rebellion card, and you might call me crazy if you're listening to this, but I love Deanna Perrazzo and Taya Valkyrie. I think Deanna Perrazzo, she is pound for pound, one of the best women's professional wrestlers that do not get the flowers that she deserves. So you should go back and you should watch that because she wins things with submissions. Okay, now Renee, you know, when do you when does a submission pop off and you think, oh my God, that's a great match? Because most of the time you want to see them hit the big finish and it's a pinfall. The fact that she does it with a submission, really cool shit to me. I don't know. I mean, Rhonda has her submission. Becky uses a submission. Um, Asuka's back. Asuka's big in submissions as well. I'm a, I'm a huge Asuka fan. I love that she's back as well. Like, thank God. You know what? I like, I, I really didn't intend on this just to become like a, a women's wrestling moment, but yeah, I, I, I do. I love that. I love that Asuka's back. I think Deanna, I agree with you. I do think that she deserves far more credit than she gets. Um, but it's, you know, she's doing her thing. I mean, she's, she does make the rounds. She's, she's booked and busy. That's for damn sure. Um, you know who else I've been liking in AEW is Marina Shafir. I'm a fan of hers as well. I thought she and Jade had a great match. Yeah, me too. I like her on Bloodsport as well. It's very difficult to make that style look really appealing in professional wrestling. Because if you watch judo competitions or any type of jujitsu competitions, yeah, it's great. And it's for that specific lane. But to do it into a professional wrestling ring or lack thereof in, in, in case of Bloodsports, so good. Another great match was John versus Biff Busick. I really enjoyed that too. And I wasn't really sure. I mean, they've never worked together before. I, I love Biff. I think he's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed that too. I like John um, with that regal knee as well. I'm a big fan of that. I love a flying knee. I've always been a fan of it. Love a good flying knee. You're a big fan of BCC. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I died. So my like nerd ass when I was like, why is everyone freaking out when I tweeted this? And I was like, oh, okay, got it. Um, yeah, I did not know what um, BBC meant. The best was I explained it to John's mom. So I was like laughing over it. I was in tears. I thought it was so funny. So funny. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, guys. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed the week, enjoyed the best of the sessions. You guys can hear the full-length interviews um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Just uh, download them, give them a listen, give them a like, a review. And if you want to see what you're hearing, head on over to my YouTube page. Just search Renee Paquette. It's all up there, and you can see us talking having this interview, having a hangout, it's all up on there. Um, and that's been like a really great, cool growing community. So, uh, I'm really enjoying the hangouts on the YouTube as well. So we can see you guys over there and jump in the comment section, you know, jump in, chime in, leave a comment. Uh, we like filtering through them all, reading about them, maybe even like, I don't know, some constructive criticism. If you had it, we're all ears. God, did I open up a can of worms by saying that? I don't know. Be nice. Be cool in there. This has been The Sessions.